Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. Today's conversation is with Oscar Garcia, Chief Empowerment Officer for Aspira Consulting, a consulting firm focused on community relations, training, and workforce development. Oscar uses his personal story and differences to inspire and empower others to effectively turn adversity into opportunity. We discuss the importance of emulating authenticity in business and how creating a culture of authenticity also creates an environment where people can experience and express their differences. Welcome, Oscar, to Humanly Possible. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Angela. I'm excited. Uh, thank you for having me as a guest. And I'm excited for you, this new uh, journey, this new path uh, that you have added. Because it's really not a new path, but it's, it's an another area for you to get your message out. So thank you so much for the invitation. Well, thank you. I am truly honored that you have uh, agreed to share your insights and your expertise. I will say that you were actually one of the um, driving factors and motivators for this platform. When you and I talked, uh, we had that great conversation about just authenticity and telling your story, you motivated me. So I want to uh, thank you. Thank you, Angela. And that's really, that, that's the reason why I wanted you to join us because uh, you're, your our conversation and your points around authenticity really hit home for me and really as you know the center of this uh this this platform is around building human centric authentic workplaces so mm -hmm. i wanted to first because i you know you and i had a chance to talk i know about you but why don't you do a quick introduction you know who is oscar as a human uh, professionally and um what's his purpose in life? Sure, sure. Well, I'm still trying to find, uh, figure out who Oscar is, you know, but no. <laughs> no. So, yeah, no. Um, so uh, currently, I own a company called Aspita Consulting. Uh, we focus on two things. One is consulting work in the area of community relations, workforce development. And then the second is training. And the training is centered around uh, uh, using the LinkedIn platform, professional branding, social selling, um, networking, like nowadays, virtually. And um, I've had my company now for about five years. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the tech industry for 12 years, uh, about five different startups, co-founded a nonprofit with family and friends, did a career transition, left tech, went to uh, work at the local chamber of commerce as a chamber CEO for almost seven years. And then again, I decided to make another change and I went to go work at LinkedIn for a year. It was a contract uh, gig that I had there uh, doing community relations. And it was during that time at LinkedIn that I decided to make the, uh, the, 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 the to start my own business. That's what I did. So that's a little bit about my professional career. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and what does, you know, with your line of work and the, the journey you've been on thus far, you know, when you think about human-centric workplaces, what comes to mind? What does that actually mean to you? Yeah, you know, I, and I love how, you know, you're focusing on it because really what it is, it's, it's putting people first. And there is something, I actually wrote an article uh, on LinkedIn and it's something that I've learned 
from my parents, and that is relationship first, business second. Relationship first, business second. And it is something that I use today, especially in 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 my company. And if, if and what that means, I mean, it's it's really simple. I mean, you look at serving other people, what are the needs of other people, and um, you develop that that friendship and and you keep nourishing that friendship that relationship and it becomes you know a deeper more meaningful uh relationship and then ultimately that then leads or can potentially lead to business and the thing is is that practically every culture uh knows this except for somehow here in the u.s we reverse the equation it's business first and if a relationship ever happens from that, okay, so so be it. But uh, that's to me what it is. It's that relationship first, business second. And how do you think uh, the level of personal authenticity comes into that equation, either with business or within an organization? What what does that bring to this idea of relationship first, business second, or what does it add to the equation there? Yeah, well, Okay, so let's step back a little bit and, and think about your closest friends, okay? And compare your closest friends to even some of your relatives, maybe even siblings or even cousins. In some situations, some of our closest friends, i.e. people that were once strangers, probably know more about us than some of our immediate family members. Why is that? It is because over time, we've developed this relationship with them where we sh share maybe some personal things. You know, we start feeling a little bit more comfortable. We start feeling th that safe space that we can share, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of Oscar Garcia and vice versa. And that, with that safe space or that sharing, it comes from being vulnerable, being authentic. Um, and when you uh, develop that authenticity that and create that vulnerability, it leads to trust, which then leads to that strong relationship. It's really mm -hmm. simple. That's how I look at it. I'm a very simple person. Okay? Yeah, like, no. I don't, have a, I don't have a PhD, and but I don't think I need a PhD to learn how to you know develop friends and, and, and just be authentic and vulnerable. In fact, sometimes the more educated you are, the more status you have, and the more you try to impress people with your titles, you know, I, I, like I've always said, like, quit trying to impress people, inspire them through your imperfections. I love it. I love simplicity. And I think your connection with authenticity and vulnerability is a really good one. Because I think oftentimes, uh, we, we bring a persona to work that is very counter intuitive to who we really are, right? right. Uh, so, you know, I spent a lot of my career kind of, you know, doing this, right? <laughs> like put on the face, then come yes. home and I, you know, it's a completely different world. And I can't tell you the energy, the amount of energy it took to do that. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. why did I do that, right? Because I think oftentimes organizations are built and they're kind of, and and the interactions you have are cookie cutter, and so my personal opinion is organizations need to do a better job at making people feel comfortable with exactly who they are and yes. leveraging that magic to get things done within the workplace. Yes, yes. Oh gosh, I agree. I uh, I may have I I love making these 
videos that I share oftentimes on, on social media. And last February, um, just before COVID and all this, you know, shelter in place, uh, my brother got the crazy idea that he wanted to go back to Mexico to my parents' hometown and celebrate his birthday. Um, so we went out there and uh, we had a great time and so forth. Uh, of course, also did some business and stuff. But but anyways, um, I, I, I made this little video of my brother's birthday of the different celebrations that we did. And it was crazy because in a matter of like three days, um, we had like literally an outdoor party with family and friends, you know, the neighborhood, anyone that wanted to come could come and all these different things. And my theme to that video was, you know, when you come home, when you go back to work on Monday and you're at the water cooler or the coffee machine or whatever, and people say, hey, Oscar, so how was your weekend? And typically, right? The response is, oh, you know, it's kind of mellow, you know, you, mm -hmm. you know, my, my brother had a birthday party. You just kind of keep it very superficial. Mm -hmm. But if you really feel comfortable and I was to tell people all the different things that we did in those three days, people wouldn't be able to relate or wouldn't be able to understand or in some cases our own fear of being judged for being different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The the, um, the the feeling of other people can't relate is is a real one right you don't you don't even want to go there because then you have to feel like you have to explain yourself and um yes. it's it's exhausting for people so i think that also speaks to things like you know diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. in the workplace and how we bring awareness and educate and just create make the workplace a place where people can experience differences yes in the first place so yes you bring up a great point fantastic point and you, I know that you talk a lot about um, your own authenticity, uh, being an introvert and also a speaker and a facilitator. Like when I met you, I didn't even believe you were an introvert. I'm like, no, not true. Cannot be true. But tell us a little bit about that. How has that played into how you've worked? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am. My natural personality is an introvert. Uh, I guess I'm a reformed introvert <laughs> now, but um, because I do, um, training and i've done a tremendous amount of training and speaking now uh internationally and but but those of those those of you that are listening you know that aren't introverts i, I think you're going to be able to relate to this and, and that is is that um speaking and public speaking takes a lot of energy and a lot of emotional energy right to get out even like for example just right now just talking to you like it, it takes some energy because i'm having to think and you know am i going to say it the right way and this and that and so forth but um the thing though is that uh, growing up I didn't like being that way, like that introvert. I had like in, in college, I had my good friend, Will Rivera, who eventually graduated and now he's with the district attorney's office down in Southern California. But that guy, we took classes together and that guy, could, the professor could call on him and Will could speak for 10, 15 minutes, like off the cuff. And I would just be like in awe. I'd be like, why can't I like speak like Will, right? But it's taken me a long time to con continuously push myself out of my comfort zone, get out, out of my shell. And what I realized today, though, is that I think oftentimes introverts actually make even better speakers. The reason is because naturally as an introvert, we listen more. Like God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And as an introvert, we use them accordingly. Mm 
And if you think about too, one of the basics of human relationships is we want to feel heard. And when we feel that someone just listens to us and we feel heard, again, it goes back to that uh, relationship building. It's another block to strengthen the, the, the relationship. And so there's many other reasons, but, but yeah, for me personally, I mean, it's, um, it, it, every time I do a talk yesterday, I, well, now it's all webinars, you know, of late yesterday, I actually did, uh, three, I think it was four actually online events, webinars, co-facilitating a leadership group and all that. By the end of the night, I was wiped out, lights out, you know, God, <laughs> I was, like, you know, how, you know, how sometimes when a battery is like super drained and oh, you, like, yeah. you charge it for five hours and it's still not even, you know, any juice. That's how I felt like last night. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with I mean, I, I am a also I call myself a extrovert light because ah. I have a lot of introverted tendencies. And that is one of them. I I taught for a few years and I'll, as energizing as it was to, to teach and get in front of people doing it all day every day just yes. really drained me and so you know that that is something to think about just from an authenticity relationship building perspective uh, especially from a leadership standpoint so i want to shift the the focus a little bit from individuals being sure. authentic to what is the role of leadership to bring out that authentic culture within a team or within an organization what, what does that role look like well, I think I think one of the important things is that uh, from a leadership standpoint is you need to model what you uh, the culture, what you want your employees to e exhibit. I, there's so many times, I mean, we could pull up right now a bunch of websites where the company has their missions or their values, uh, you know, transparency, you know, authenticity or this and that. I'm like, okay, those all sound great. I mean, I, I like sign me up, right? Like I, I agree with those. Then I go to the C-level uh, uh, social media, LinkedIn or wherever, and it's like, they have like no presence or like a skeleton presence, yeah. you know, not even sharing content or even commenting, you know, they have like their executive assistant managing their social media accounts and stuff like that. And I'm like, where is then the transparency then? Because like for me, I mean, I just posted yesterday a post on LinkedIn and I talked about underprivileged and growing up in the label and there's a picture of you know my family there and you've seen some of the things that i post on there i'm like hey i put i, I talk about my dad being an alcoholic used to beat the crap out of me like I, I i don't look at it though from the standpoint of woe is me but rather from a life lesson and so i think that's one of the areas where leadership drops the ball where they say one thing but they themselves are not practicing and listen as an employee, we're not dumb, okay? We're not stupid, okay? It's like, you know, it's like when mom, you know, or dad, like, do as I say, and not as I do. Oh, okay, Let's see how long that works. Yeah, and if role modeling is so key because uh, that is that is leadership's job to set the tone. And, you know, when I think about culture, I always think about the fact that it's really, it's really about what you promote mm -hmm. and what you tolerate. So I think a lot of times we talk about culture being, oh, we're going to drive these core values and these behaviors, but we don't talk a lot about the accountability of those things. So right. when, those, when those things don't happen, what happens? Yes. So, you know, things like authenticity, vulnerability, 
but also, you know, in teams where that is being stifled. That's, that's yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know, so we just finished Hispanic Heritage Month uh, just a few weeks ago. And prior to that, I was being contacted by um, some of my, my network about doing some talks and so forth, but yeah, the, the Latino ERG groups. And one of the things was, it's like several of them, like, oh, can you do it for free? And I'm like, first of all, I mean, can I do it for free? Of course I can do it for free, but is it the right thing to do for free? No, because you have a multi-billion dollar company, okay, mm. that can pay. But here's the thing, and where I'm going with this, if a company is saying, that diversity, equity, and inclusion is important, then put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Okay? Quit trying to pimp minority speakers to do something for free. Also, here's the other thing too, and this goes to those, uh, those folks that are in an ERG group. You need to also advocate and say, no, this is not going to work. Mm. And, and I get it. Some people don't want to advocate because A, they don't know how to, B, they're scared of losing their job or whatever, but you have to advocate. And if you are not willing to advocate, then step aside and let someone else who has a cojones advocate. Because until things change like that and we advocate, you're going to have situations like this where you're just basically going to be given $1,500 a month stipend for your Hispanic Heritage Month. Seriously? $1,500? What the heck can you do for $1,500? Okay, you can't even, you know, buy popcorn for the entire staff. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I, let's, let's unpack that a little bit, because when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, you and I have been in the space for a while, right? Even before the, the civil unrest and the social justice conversations that are happening now. But to your point, putting your money where your mouth is, putting your values where they need to be. Um, what does an organization, what, what are the signs that an organization is committed to this work, truly? Like you talked about the things that, you know, the people are doing all over the place, right? You're getting, you're hearing all the statements on LinkedIn and the intention, but what does an organization need to, need to do to make the impact? Yeah, um, so several <clears throat> um, things. Your, your time, your money, and also the training uh, and what you mentioned earlier, the role modeling uh, of, of leadership. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it really does come from the top, right? Uh, if you have leadership at the top, modeling, encouraging that. And actually, I'll use an example here of what I mean by this. So when I worked at, at LinkedIn, LinkedIn is actually a great company. And um, every month, LinkedIn, I don't know if they still do this, but they have what they call in-day. Each month there is a different theme. One one particular month uh, when I was there, it was uh, they called them random acts of kindness. And what LinkedIn did is they gave employees anyone that wanted to participate a I think it was either fifty dollar uh, gift card. Uh, excuse me, it was like an, a Visa or American Express card. And what employees were supposed to do was just go out into community and they actually took the day off. If employees wanted to take the day off, they could take the day off. But it had to be related to that theme. So that particular uh, theme day, there were a lot of employees throughout the world, wherever LinkedIn had offices, that were going to Starbucks and literally whoever was in line 
paying for all the coffee. Or I saw pictures of when Toys R Us was around the toy store. Uh, this one employee went to Toys R Us and paid for the uh, toys of the two families that, that were in line. And so just different things like that, right? And I, I saw messages from leadership, you know, Jeff Wiener and the executive team of things that they were doing and encouraging people, et cetera, and so forth. Giving people, like I said, the, the, the day off to go do the, uh, some random acts of kindness. That, those are examples right there of the things that we just mentioned, the role model and the finance, you know, the time, et cetera, and so forth. And I mean, you know, like what better way to do that than, than to do it, uh, 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 incorporate all those things that I just mentioned earlier. Yeah, and, and doing it together, I think is probably, um, and, and, and having it come from the top, uh, yes. the from the top, I think is really important. Yes. So, um, so anything else that you want to add just around, I know we covered a lot. We covered um, relationship building, authenticity, how that ties in with, you know, things like diversity, equity, and inclusion within an organization and how that's driven by leadership role modeling. Is there anything else, just if you think about the, the listeners of this podcast and this blog, you know, we're really talking executives, founders, creators, innovators, who are making an impact um, to human-centric workplaces. Is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think is, is very critical is, is that we have to control what we can control the most and that is ourselves right like expressing our authenticity and so forth and one of the things um that i share with people is is that so, so typically what i see is kind of the two extremes um in, on one end of the spectrum is people that just put everything out there you know on social media whatever you know um you know, I broke up with my boyfriend, you know, this happened, you know, F this, F that, you know, whatever, that type of stuff. And then on the other end of the spectrum is a totally conservative, very guarded, um, very uptight, you know, that I don't want to air out my dirty laundry. And when I realized there's several factors that go into play, one of them is generational. The younger generation has grown up with social media, internet, and they feel a lot more comfortable putting stuff out there. And then uh, those of us that are 40 and older, we're more conservative, you know, we're not comfortable with social media. But I believe there's a happy medium where we can be what I refer to as professionally authentic. And, and, um, and it's a process. I, it is a process, folks. I don't expect you to just dive in there. But one of the first steps that you can do is maybe start either commenting on someone's post, uplifting them, uh, thanking them for sharing their story. The other thing is, is that think back at some of your own life experiences and start sharing some of those and share it from the perspective of, like I mentioned, not woe is me or hatred or anger. You got to deal with those feelings, okay? But rather share it from the perspective of this is what I experienced, this is how I overcame that challenge. And this is the lesson that I've learned from that challenge, mm -hmm. that situation. Because when we approach it from that standpoint, now we're in a position of healing, okay? We're also in a position where we've learned something from it. And we're also in a position where we are helping other people get in tune to their own stories, their own challenges, and helping them open up to their 
own sharing the vulnerability in their own authenticity. That is something that I encourage people to do. Wonderful. Yeah. Being um, professionally authentic. I love that, that, that terminology. It really hits home with I think what you're explaining here. One last question and then I will, will let you go, but thank you again for all your insights. This was wonderful. Um, One last question is, so can you talk about creating those conversations and learning moments on LinkedIn, for example, right? A platform. How can organizations create that same type of platform within the organization? So obviously LinkedIn is very connected and people engage even in the workplace, but how do you create that type of sharing within an organization? So um, it's one way to create is is that I really like, again, going back to, to what LinkedIn did, I really like coming up with some theme days or, you know, a lot of the, the holidays, different holidays that, that, that are out there, encouraging, uh, one, as a company, um, putting information out there about the holiday and uh, celebrating, et cetera, and so forth, but then also encouraging your employees to share some of their experiences or some of the culture, et cetera, and so forth. It kind of reminds me of... Um, you know, like elementary and middle school where we would have like international day. Mm-hmm. And, and so you could dress up or bring a food that was from your, your country, your culture, et cetera. And that was, that was like, I love that because it's like, Oh, I had no idea. You know, this is pretty cool. Now you taste something else or you learn, right. Something from someone else's culture. And, and it's that environment again, that a company can create and encourage the other, the other thing too is, is that um, a company can also um, share some, um, some of the, 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 the leadership, okay, uh, sharing some of their own personal journeys of how they've gotten to where they're at and some of the challenges that they overcome. Because I'm going to tell you something too, a lot of these executives, they are on panels, they are sharing their stories with other org- professional organizations or school, a lot as an alumni or whatever. How about taking that story and, and sharing it within your company as mm-hmm. well? Because then also what that does is it makes you more relatable. That's one of the things that when we, uh, as an employee, we look up to, you know, senior management, executive level, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we're kind of timid, et cetera. Yeah. But when we realize, oh my God, Betty, Frank, they went through some of this, it's things, th- same things. Like for example, last year, last summer, I did a talk for Palo Alto Networks and the VP of HR um, shared, she's from Ireland and shared how she's a first generation uh, uh, professional herself. Mm. On the, I wouldn't have known that. She looks white to me, right. right? And so I have this bias, this perception that white people aren't first gen. I was wrong. And she shared the story and I was like, oh my gosh, like go sister, we can relate. <laughs> Exactly. And it goes back to that water cooler talk, right? So once you, I think once you perceive people as relatable, yes, their stories, then your story about, you know, uh, your week, birthday weekend in, in, in Mexico and your celebrations and what that entailed, you know, you're more likely to open up and be like, yeah, it was more than a birthday. We did all these. Yeah. Other things. Yes. So it, it all comes full circle that way. I think it builds trust. And it, it provides a bit of uh, 
genuineness, if that's even a word, I've, if not, I've made it up, genuineness to the, the interaction. It's, yes. And like I mentioned earlier, ultimately it leads to developing a strong relationship. Um, and it's, it is a bond that even if you don't communicate with someone for a period of time, when you reconnect with them, it's as if you're just picking up the conversation from yesterday. Yes. Well, with that, that's how I feel with you, Oscar. We just pick up right where we left off. So I want to thank you so much for joining, sharing your insights and your story. Um, you know, you you are like the epitome of authenticity. I feel like the, the first time we chatted, it was uh, absolutely authentic and it felt like we were old friends forever. So Thank you. Thank so you, much. Angela. Thank you. I appreciate it.